Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. Uh, Kentucky starting to find their rhythm on the basketball floor. Two big wins back to back, a 98 to 69 win versus North Carolina last Saturday. Follow that with a 95 to 60 win over Western Kentucky Wednesday night at Rupp Arena. It's been a very good stretch for Kentucky, especially offensively. After that Notre Dame loss a few weeks ago, uh, where they didn't look in rhythm and in sync offensively, that they did have some defensive miscues in that game. But to me, the big story in that loss was their their offense and how they weren't able to score points and Xavier Wheeler not playing well, Kellen Grady not taking enough shots and, and across the board. But all those issues have been resolved the last couple of games. And I think that's such an encouraging thing because that's what we were talking about a week and a half to two weeks ago was Kentucky entering must-win territory on their schedule. The The matchup with Ohio State, we, we talked about it, how it was a have-to-win for Kentucky to get something on their resume. And then COVID removed that opponent, and Kentucky scrambled. They got North Carolina. It wasn't as big of a win as what Ohio State would have been, but when you look at the net rankings – it was 51, and then Kentucky climbed as far as 23 or 24 the last time I checked the rankings in the net. So that's from Saturday through uh, Friday morning. So that's a huge jump uh, in a tool that is used in seeding at-large bids uh, for the NCAA tournament. So it's good to see Kentucky trending upward. They moved up seven or eight spots after the Western win as well. And even though Carolina isn't a win that it typically is, it's still a good win for a team that was searching for something on their resume. And then Western uh, was another good showing for Kentucky Wednesday night at Rupp Arena. And the thing that stands out the most to me over the last couple of games is how well this roster is playing as a collective group. And I think that's the biggest thing with this team. And I think that is uh, what they can kind of hang their hat on is their identity. I, I, there's not a star on this team that's going to go get you 28 to 30 every single night. That's just not how it is with this group. But what you have is you had Saturday, Xavier Wheeler had his day, 27, you know, right there, or 26, right off a, one point away from a career high, and followed it with a crazy performance from Oscar Shibway, 28 rebounds, a Rupp Arena record that broke Shaquille O'Neal's record that had stood since 1990, and just dominant from him. And then you throw in Ty Ty Washington with a quiet 20-point night. Kellen Grady goes for 23 and is knocking down shots from three-point range. It's, it's somebody different every night. But what makes them, I think, so hard to match up when they're all playing well is all these guys do something different, whether it's Oscar Shibway hitting the glass, it's Xavier controlling the pace and getting guys involved, it's Kellen Grady being a sniper from three-point range, uh, Ty Ty Washington doing his thing scoring, all of these guys add something different to the game, and I think that is what is actually going to make this team reach its potential is they just have a collective group that they all do one or two things very well. They're, they're great at that one to two things, and when you put them together, you have a pretty balanced team that can be, I think, just as good as anyone in college basketball when they're, when they're efficient offensively and they're defending as a team. How about Jacob Toppin Wednesday night against Western Kentucky? His energy is a difference maker. And I've thought for a long time that he would be the guy at some point at the four. I know I talked high, high praise about him in the offseason. I talked about it on this podcast last year. I've talked about it this this fall and this winter that I thought at some point that he would emerge and be a big-time factor for Kentucky. And I, see you're, I think you're, doing, you're seeing that right now. 
Uh, will he take Keon's spot in the starting lineup? I'm not sure, but I do think that he needs to play a bulk of minutes at that position just because he, he does things differently. The biggest thing that changed the game Wednesday night was early in the first half when against that zone, uh, that little 1-3-1 matchup looks like a 2-3 at times. When the ball would go to the high post area, Jacob Toppin was making the right decision. You saw Bryce Hopkins come off the bench, and I didn't think that was the best move where they put him. Uh, they stuck him in the high post area where he had to make decisions quick, and that's not a good thing to go in immediately and have to do to sit on the bench for 13, 14 minutes for the first half and then go right into the floor and right into the heart of it. Uh, to where you're having to make the crucial decisions whether to dump it down to Oscar for some of those post-up situations or kick it out to a Kellen Grady as, for a shooter. But Jacob Toppin did that role very, very well Wednesday night. And I think he had a career-high six assist in that spot. You saw him feed Oscar in some of those high lows. You saw him find Kellen Grady, the Tata Washingtons. You saw him uh, go down the lane and make a couple plays for himself. I really like his energy and what he brings to this team and every time in the first half the other night that Rupp Arena would roar it was because of a Jacob Toppin play whether it was a putback dunk uh, whether it was his defensive effort or his energy or the spin move that he made on a layup so I, I really like what he's bringing to this team right now uh, you kind of got off to a slow start to the season with the injury bug that he had to where he played in the Duke game and then he was out a few games he missed the preseason action and stuff and I know some exhibition time as well I think that threw off some things, but now what you're seeing is you're seeing him get big-time minutes, and he's delivering, and I think that that's going to continue to as we go into SEC play and into January here moving forward. But Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On a note of Keon Brooks, I know he battled some foul trouble Wednesday night. He he didn't didn't have his best effort, but there was a moment in the second half, and and I can see Cal's frustration with Keon. He he wants Keon to break through and, and do some big things for this team, uh, but there was a point where he put him in for top in there in the second half, and and Keon goes in and he misses a couple of shots inside of four or five feet, and you could see the frustration on Cal's face. But Orlando Antigua jumps up. And was like, hey, and I, I couldn't hear what was said. Uh, Orlando had his back turned to me, but you could tell that it was something with Keon and there was frustration. But what Orlando did was it kind of controlled Cal just for a moment. And he left Keon in because at first Cal looked to the bench and was going to put Jacob in. And Jacob was like, I'm, I need a break. Like he was, he was getting a drink or something on the sideline there on the bench area. And Cal stuck with Keon another possession, and then Keon comes down and makes a huge play offensively, a tough play, and Orlando Antigua jumps up, and him and Cal just high-five one another. And I thought that stood out to me of how important Antigua is to this team 
and to John Calipari, I think I've always said that he's really good for Cal. A guy that can kind of challenge him, push back a little bit, maybe say, hey, it's okay, you know, calm down a minute. And then Keon follows it and makes a play, a play that he needed to make. Uh, so that's some, that was something that stood out to me. Maybe if you have the game on, on record or you can go on YouTube and find it, you can find that moment in the second half and maybe catch it on TV. I'm not sure if the TV cameras will catch what I saw, uh, but that was a moment that stood out to me. But, yeah, a great win for Kentucky. Two programs coming together uh, to continue to raise money for the tornado victims and those who suffered so much loss in the, the storms earlier this month, uh, the weekend Kentucky went to Notre Dame. So it was good to see Western Kentucky get in there, Kentucky get in there, the fans show out. It was it was a really good crowd at Rupp Arena. It wasn't a sellout crowd. That upper-level section behind the Kentucky basket on the, in the second half we had some empty seats. But for the most part, that arena was full, and it was loud, and it was engaged. And that was probably the best night at Rupp Arena since the 2020 season, one of those late-season wins for Kentucky, maybe uh, the Florida game or Auburn game or something late that year. Uh, the Tyrese Maxey and Nick Richards, Emmanuel Quickly year. That was by far the best atmosphere at Rupp Arena in a long time. Wasn't Louisville. Everybody expected it to be Louisville. It didn't work out due to COVID issues within Louisville's program. But I will tell you this, had Louisville suited up at Rupp Arena Wednesday night, I think they were getting beat by 40-plus because that Kentucky team answered the bell, and I thought this was good to see too. You're, you get hopped up for Louisville. It's probably hard for Kentucky to get hopped up for Western Kentucky, even though that's a quality opponent that had just beaten Louisville pretty good at home on Saturday, right before Kentucky beat North Carolina. It's still not Louisville. And you know that Xavier Wheeler and all these guys were hopped up to play in that Louisville-Kentucky rivalry. Some of them be their only opportunity to play in it if it doesn't get rescheduled. But there wasn't a letdown. You saw Western kind of make a run there late in the first half to make it a game. Uh, the Kentucky's foul trouble and some issues there in the half, having to take Savir off the floor and some other things kind of played into Western making a run. And then they had a couple of baskets there to start the second half, but then Kentucky got rolling and cruised with what I think uh, going back to North Carolina. And then that half is easily their best stretch of basketball this season. And you saw Kentucky just uh, drop the hammer and put a team away. And it's been a little bit of both. It's their offensive efficiency right now as they continue to climb in Ken Palm, but their defensive energy, they're locked in. They're, they're still, they have to get better in some areas there. But for the most part, this team is really starting to come together at the right time. And they're 9-2 they're and two heading into their SEC opener with Missouri next week. Already matched last season's win, win total. I know, it, I know it feels different because Kentucky didn't play anyone during that seven-game home stretch. But, hey, nine wins at this point. You'll take it, especially when they didn't get that ninth win until March of last season. So definitely headed in the right direction right now. SEC play kicks off Kentucky and Missouri next Wednesday before Tubby Smith and High Point come to Rep Arena on the 31st on New Year's Eve. And then Kentucky goes to LSU on the 3rd, what is starting to look like a huge opportunity for Kentucky for a quad one win. LSU up to number three in the net rankings, undefeated to this point. Uh, a very, very big matchup early in SEC play for the Cats on the road, and I think that's one that John Calipari's team can kind of go into and be like, all right, this is our opportunity to pick up a big win. And there are some opportunities in SEC play. Auburn ranked in the net very high. Tennessee picked up a win against Arizona. They're a high net team as well. Alabama starting to struggle a little bit. Their resume is very confusing. Wins over Gonzaga and Houston. Then you lose to to Memphis, to Tyona and others. Uh, kind of puzzling to see what their resume looks like. But Kentucky has quad one opportunities on its schedule. And come March, if they take care of business in some of these games, 
even though they had the non-conference stretch to where they didn't really get anything to hang their hat on outside of the last two, this could be a resume that looks very good when you get to the NCAA tournament. That Notre Dame loss last time I looked is a quad two. If it can stay a quad two, it doesn't hurt you as much. So I think the hope would be that Notre Dame does some stuff and, and that loss continues to stay in that quad two range and doesn't fall to a quad three or anything worse because then that could impact seating. Uh, but this is a team that's that's going to have a chance to to climb that seating ladder. They're going to climb in the AP poll and the net rankings. That's a big one too as they continue to climb up Ken Palm when it comes to efficiency and other things. But great two wins for Kentucky basketball. I just wanted to hop on here and discuss some of my takeaways. I mean, Oscar Sheboy, you, you can't say enough about him, right? Uh, showed him on the, the big screen the other night. The crowd's cheering. He had a big smile on his face. Uh, just a, a team full of guys that are easy to pull for, easy to cheer for, that, that you like. And uh, great stories right now. I mean, what Oscar Sheboy is doing, I, I thought for sure that Bill Spivey's record at Rupp Arena of 34 rebounds, I, I, I never thought that I would see anyone even compete with it. But you're you're getting into territory now where you expect Oscar to go for 20-plus rebounds a night. And if he, play, if he's a, if he played 40 minutes – and if uh, Western didn't have a seven foot five guy in there, man, in the paint and sharp the other night, uh, Oscar probably ends with thirty four plus rebounds. Uh, does he get thirty at some point this year? I think that's the next thing that you watch for, right? Because uh, we knew the Rupp Arena record would fall at some point. Now he's got to twenty eight, and he didn't play the end of the game. You start to wonder, okay, uh, does he get to thirty? Because for the most part, the other night it was his defensive rebounding that was the reason he was getting so many. And then he got some offensive rebounds late and then in the second half. So I'm not going to say that he can't get to 30. After seeing him get to 28, I think that now you, you go to 30 watch. And the, the R's in the tunnel over there on the far side of the arena, they ran out of room charting his rebounds. It used to be three-pointers made on that side. And now they're charting Oscar Sheboy's rebounds in a game, which is really cool to see. But this this team's starting to find its rhythm. It's finding its groove as it heads into SEC play. Now off for the holidays for a few days. They'll return on Sunday to prepare for their SEC opener with Missouri on Wednesday. That game will be on the SEC network. That'll be a 7 o'clock tip, and then Kentucky will welcome Tubby Smith to Rupp Arena just a couple of days later uh, to honor the U.K. coach and hang a banner in, in his name in Rupp Arena before they head into a stretch of conference play before uh, that Kansas game in late January uh, out there in Lawrence. But a lot of fun the last couple of games. I, the timeline has been fun for Kentucky basketball. Hopefully that continues for this program as they move into SEC play and then to the 2022 portion of the schedule. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and enjoy time with your family. I'm going to be traveling the next couple of days. Derek's going to be traveling as well and visiting family. But we will be back soon as next week is here to do a mailbag for you, Kentucky basketball mailbag. So go ahead and start getting those questions in. We'll get to a mailbag before Missouri and then Citrus Bowl coverage coming up. Kentucky football will do a mailbag and do some stuff going into next week as well. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.